Welcome to What's Your Voyage, a podcast where we have people on that are up to stuff and we have a chat about the voyage of their life. Enjoy. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Hamish McLaughlin-Lester. We have co-host William Twist. How you doing? Yeah, pretty good, man. Excited for tonight. Yeah, and then we also have produced audio engineer, Bjorn Gure. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. And then we have Owen Haig behind the videos. How you doing? He's not behind a mic, so he's good. <laughs> and then we have the one and only, the Adelaide born and bred, the marketing extraordinaire that has did an internship with Microsoft to, to start off a superstar journey and then worked for Australian Tourism and worked with the likes of the one and only Chris Hemsworth and now works as like the top dog for Sweat Kayla, who, if you don't know Kayla, she's like the biggest thing in fitness in Australia. We have Georgie Johnson. Hello. That was a brilliant intro. Thank you. Oh, it's, you have a brilliant journey. That's my voyage done. That's your voyage. <laughs> well, we got to get into the depth of it. But um, how's your day been? Good, thank you. Been shooting all day behind the camera. Well, not behind the camera, next to the camera with Kayla. Yeah. It's been a busy day in the sunshine slash a little bit of rain. Yeah, beautiful. So let's just go back to this kind of the start of this. Yeah. What did you study? Marketing communications at UniSA. And why did you choose to do that? My gosh. I remember in year 12 and I had absolutely no idea what to do and there was a business marketing subject. Loved the business bit but like did one marketing module and just loved that. We had to like present a marketing plan for some business Um, and I was like, okay, this is fun. Like I'm actually interested in this. And then it was a choice between business marketing or marketing and comms. And I just love the creativity of comms. So, yeah, that was it. Yeah, beautiful. And what, which uni did you go to? UniSA. Yeah. Cool. I hacked the system a little bit. How did you hack the system a little bit? <laughs> Some people say. Um, so, essentially, I did an exchange on the second year of my uni. So, I went to the Netherlands, which was just incredible and so much fun. Also, I learned a lot while I was there. And then when I was there, I got a call from UniSA saying that I should apply for a scholarship called the New Colombo Plan. And I was like, well, what's this all about? And essentially it's taking Australian students to the Indo-Pacific region to get a taste for it, um, do some work experience there, study as well. And I was like, I absolutely cannot hack the system and go and live in the Netherlands and Malaysia for a year. Like, surely that's not possible. Anyway, I got it. It was incredible. So DFAT sent me over there for a year um, they give you like a stipend. So they like help and support you on the scholarship. And then, yeah, they set me up with Microsoft to work for six months. So like, it was incredible. You plugged straight from the start. Oh Were my you gosh. like a HD student this whole time oh, as well? Not the whole time. But like, for the subjects definitely... I like. But completely skipped like accounting and finance. And like, this is how I hacked the system. Like I was very interested in comms and like yeah, all the fun part. stuff, the big brands um so yeah when I think about uni I just think about being overseas traveling meeting cool people doing fun things I actually kind of feel you on that front I did not quite as long but I did a semester abroad in New York amazing and it just it changes your life it does you're like like taken out of your circle that you've always known and I remember feeling once in Adelaide I think it was my first year of uni I was like there's got to be something more out there love Adelaide love the people have the same friends as I've always had but I just had this feeling like, oh, there has to be something more. And so, yeah, off to the Netherlands. And, like, you would have felt the same. It's just like you just plucked out of what you know 
and brought into this whole new world. I feel like you can get the experience of like you get to recreate who you want to be based on exactly what your mind is telling you based on what the listening of your friends and family is and then you know kind of playing that role in a sense you get to be like there's no role to play. Absolutely. Like, who am I when I don't have all of these things that I thought were me? And yeah, it was incredible. And like, you also change a little bit when you're doing these things that are a little bit different, like based off the people that you meet or the situations you're put into. So yeah, coming back was like a little bit nerve, like nerve wracking because you're like, who was I before and who am I now? And like, Mm. how will your friends react? And it was completely fine. But deep down, you know, you've changed and that like other people may not. understand that a little bit I definitely empathize with that heavy Mm. I also did a bunch of personal development on top of that so it was like I was actually like addressing my whole ways of being and it wasn't just organic it was intentional so it was wild but um crazy when you came back had you already done the Microsoft or was that like you came back and then went and did Microsoft so I was in the Netherlands for I think that was six months Found out I was going to Malaysia then, so I was back for maybe two months, then went to Malaysia for the year and within that time, so the first six months was uh, studying, I finished my degree over there and then the last six months was working for Malaysia, Yeah. for Malaysia, for, for Microsoft, Microsoft in Malaysia. Yeah. And what did you do <laughs> um, while you were there? I was in the events and marketing team, so really interesting because obviously Microsoft, major brand, global corporation, they are obviously run out of America. So we're sort of taking their major campaigns and then localizing them. So for example, like I launched Microsoft Teams for yeah. Malaysia back then, which was so much fun. In like a like a graduate position? Um, yeah, so it was in like an um, internship position. So okay. yeah, but the team's so small because they're a local team. They're not the major marketing team. So, yeah, there was two of us on the project. We had this massive event where we'd invite all of our business partners over and they did like a scavenger hunt where they had to use Microsoft Teams as their communication channel. It was awesome. So much fun. Um, But, yeah, just so many cool experiences out of that. Like we did a lot with the Australian Malaysian High Commission and lots of events and networking and, yeah, fashion shows, just all these different things just from meeting different people. Wait, so you did that many different events or you just went to all those different I events? I did. Like I worked on just these random events oh just God. by meeting people. and what then a great kickstart. It was awesome. So much fun. Hey, like, my phone's going off on the speaker. Can you turn the speaker off and turn my phone on silent? Thanks, boys. Always going off. Always going off. But that's part of the voyage. <laughs> I love it. All right, so you did all these events and yeah. was that like something that was just like completely like oh my god, this is so much to deal with, like how am I going to do this or did you feel like I'm just so competent at this from the very start because oh you've obviously god. been picked up from there. You never feel competent, do you? Especially at that age, like Were you what like You just I com- honestly, I think and like probably way more confident back then than I am now. You just go in with confidence and you just like You've got to start somewhere. You're either going to go into this situation and just like, you know, sit behind and act like you know nothing or you go in, you ask questions, you're interested, you bring to the table what you think you can bring to the table and then you just go from there. But at no point did I think like, oh, yeah, this is exactly where I've worked up to be. Like it's just things just fell into place somehow and I just tried to roll with it. And how – what happened when you came back? Because obviously – 
You did a bit of work with the Adelaide set. Yes. When you guys went to, um, where were you, Europe? We did a big Slash Euro America. Trip. Didn't yeah, you just go everywhere? Both. It was like on the back. We decided the America trip. George came over and that's how we know each other is yeah. through George. And then we came back for a couple of months. We're like, oh, well, let's get all this marketing stuff done. And then we're like, all right, we're going to Europe now. <laughs> and it was supposed to be for like a week or two weeks. So long. Yeah. And then it ended up being four months. Yeah. Like, Thank you for leaving me behind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the way it came about was George was like, hey, like, do you mind going to all of these events for me over the next like three months? I'm like, absolutely. I can do that. Like, perfect. It was so good. So I love that. But yeah, so um, when I was in Malaysia, I had no idea. So I remember like calling my mom and I was like, I've done all these like things that I think are pretty cool, but I have no idea what I want to do next. I could have stayed in Malaysia. I could have gone anywhere really. Um, and I always thought I'd be in Melbourne for a little bit, love Adelaide, but needed to just expand my wings a little bit. But, um, the last event that I went to before I left Malaysia was at the Australian High Commission and they had the head of PR for Tourism Australia, Malaysia, come and speak. And I was like, it was like a light bulb moment. I was like, that is my dream job. Like she is speaking in my language, obsessed. So... Essentially, I went straight online the day after, looked at the graduate positions. They weren't opening for another like six months or something. Called HR. She was like, just chill out, like wait six months. Just kept applying. <laughs> like She's like, they're not open. You've applied three times. I was like, oh, no, sorry. Anyway, um, got the interview. Essentially, sorry, came back to Adelaide. And had you met that PR lady when you were over there? Yeah. So, yeah, okay. she, I mean, she did, I don't know how much she did for me, but I spoke to her. I didn't know at that time that that's the job that I wanted, but I did connect with her, which was helpful. It was definitely helpful in going for the interview and speaking about, like, why I was so passionate about it because the thing she said, like, connected with me really well. So, um, yeah, the day I flew back from Malaysia was the day that I had my interview in Sydney and I'd never been to Sydney before. So, got off the plane, slept overnight, interview next day and I remember like it was like I don't know if it was culture shock I don't know if it was a nervous breakdown but I just like everything hit me literally an hour before that interview and I was like holy shit like what am I doing here is this right it was just such a weird emotional state that I was in full imposter syndrome absolutely yeah and I was sweating because I'd come from Malaysia (laughs) and now it was cold in Sydney and I just didn't know what was going on um so I call my mom as you do and she like talks gives you a pep talk like got this um and then yeah had the interview I got called up a few weeks later and got told I got the job so yeah was moving to Sydney from there that's wild yeah. And for those listening that want a job like that or can handle such a high-pressure interview, because what was the position you're actually going for there? So it was a graduate position, Tourism Australia. There's one, there was one a year at that stage. I think there might be two now and a few different ways you can get in through, like, scholarships and stuff. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. So what kind of questions did they ask you as a graduate? <sighs> Do you remember? Gosh. I mean, I, th- I definitely drew a lot on travel and being in Malaysia and because it's a government agency, I think having my scholarship from DFAT was very helpful. Um, but I think just passion, like speak with passion. If you're passionate about that industry or the place of work that you want to be and that will get you further than you think it will. Like how much experience do they expect a graduate to have? Not many, not yes, much. True. And then you had more than none. And well, it was a pretty cool experience. Had the Adelaide set on my list. Hey, so. You started right. as a marketing coordinator. It was the first role. Started as a digital marketing graduate. 
I probably took that off my LinkedIn. Um, digital marketing graduate. I was in there for six months. Thought I knew digital. Didn't. Like just the whole like personalization, retargeting, this whole world that That's I didn't know. That's not social existed. media. Like it's, a, it's an extension of social oh, media. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a whole other world. Like there's yeah. some very smart people working in that space. So personalization, um, can you? Oh, God. Okay. I was in there for six months. So like this is how I can potentially describe it. So if there's an ad... And you see that ad as a consumer or it could be on Facebook, you see an ad. And then it, the data is tracked in a way that it remembers which ad you've seen and it will retarget you in a personal way, the next ad to push you through the consumer funnel. Yeah, Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, and it just yeah, goes definitely. in and it gets smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter. Although there are a few issues around that now with data tracking. So Yeah, well, they stopped iOS. Yeah. Like oh. they're asked now. Working it's in an app industry right now. A- Android though, isn't it? Yeah, still all right with Android, IAS, uh, iOS, and working in the industry that I do on apps. like Conver- Conversions API is the solution there. Thank you. Yep. I'll bring that back to the business. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, started as digital marketing coordinator, had my eyes on the PR role the whole time because of that lady that I met. Um, and it was really good because you could shift around. Like, they're quite happy as a graduate for you to shift around. I mean, that's so, the whole job, isn't it? Absolutely. So got into PR and advocacy space, learned a lot about PR, but like loved the advocacy space. So what is PR for those that don't understand? Because public relations is a very broad term. Yeah. So essentially, like if you were to talk about advertising, you would talk about a creative, you would talk about money behind the ad, you would talk about, you know, hitting your target audience through your own controlled channels. PR is more about what publicity can you generate around the business or a campaign and it's all built on relationships. Um, You don't put money behind it. It's all like trying to sell the message to a journalist potentially or an influencer and you get it, you get your message out in organic ways. Mm. So two very different strategies that are often confused. Branding focused? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I would argue that advertising is more branding focused because, you know, you've got that control over it. This is more like, you know, you're reading, if you've got a magazine open and you're reading like, oh, these are the top 10 places to go in New South Wales. Like that could be because Tourism Australia pitched that article to a journalist and they've created this really organic looking article about that does that make sense to you that does make sense to me yeah what different worlds other campaigns did you start working Ooh, on? i mean the day that i started they launched the campaign which was a super bowl campaign the dundee one and there was this whole bring back dundee movement where they were saying that chris hemsworth was working with paul oh my god what's his name Paul Hogan, thank you. Paul Hogan, yes. Paul Hogan. Um, and there was this like whole, they made this massive thing up and then all these people were is convinced that, that Dundee was coming back. Is that the one that kept changing scenes and there was like the chair, like the table and chair and the lady was like there and I was like, they were on yeah, like the back yeah, of a yeah. truck or something I like know that. what you're referring to, but there's different ones. Big singing song. Yeah. Um, is that the Kylie Minogue mate song one potentially? Maybe. I don't like know. There's been we, a few singing There's been ones. a few, yeah. My favourite was probably the Kylie Minogue Mate song one. We had, it was for, we launched it for the UK market um, and it was like the ad placement was perfect. It was just before the Queen's speech. So everyone's watching the TV at this time. And it was like Kylie Minogue in Buckingham Palace about to do the Queen's speech with the Queen was like the whole hook behind what it. Was the, what was the date for that? 
Uh, that was the day that the bushfires got That's really bad. Yeah, so yeah. we pulled it within two. You got yeah, a good memory. We yeah. pulled. I mean, of course you do tourism. We pulled it within literally twenty four hours, which was heartbreaking. Uh, sucked. Yeah. Absolute yeah. heartbreaking. And it was like amazing. Um, there were so many cool people in it. Ian Thorpe was in it. Just like yeah, it was just so cool. So much fun. The man with the um, flip of feet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I've got a good question that relates to that. Like, what's yes. it like? You know, working. Uh, for a, snip, well, a good amount of time in Tourism Australia when the pandemic is going on and yeah. borders are shut, campaigns are on in the bin. Yeah. You know, what's Heartbreaking. That like? yep. Heartbreaking, but you know that you're not the one that is affected. Like, yes, everything that you've been working on really hard has gone out the window, but also you have such a close re- relationship with so many tourism operators and you can just see them struggling and they're they're turning to you for help and there's only so much you can do. And yeah, that was hard for all of us, but also way harder for the industry, obviously. And they're obviously still struggling today and they will for a long time. But like, I remember the first three weeks, my job was literally to look at every news article that were written about the pandemic and try and, and sorry, this was for the bushfires too, and try and pull out the good news stories. But for every good news stories, you read like 150 bad news stories. And yeah. we're just trying to get a glimpse of those good news stories out there to keep that like light Those alive. like silver linings of like firemen saving things. And Koalas stuff like that. and like people coming together and tourism operators, you know, just reforming their business to, you know, they're turning, I don't know, when the bushfires hit all these gin companies, but sorry, when COVID hit all these gin companies are turning it into sanitizer and like, all those little <laughs> stories. That, yeah. yeah, you just, yeah. I mean, that's a commercial one. But, um, yeah, it hit hard. And I think, like, Australia relies so much on international tourism. And it's good to see the borders opening up again. I know, like, we, we thought that they were going to open up so many times. And even that, from a marketing perspective, is so hard. Because from even when I was there and even now that I'm out, you don't hear that date until the very last minute. It's not like, hey, we're opening the borders in three months, like, let's get the campaign ready. It's just like, hey, we're opening tomorrow. Hope your campaign's ready because we've got to be big. Yep. So, Legit. yeah. Legit. Government, hey? Yeah. How it is. It's so, you switched your strategy to, like, you know, staycations and obviously local market. Holiday here this year. Yep, yeah. Was the yeah. slogan. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I thought there was some interesting uh, Tourism Australia ads for that. I thought, like, the one Hamish was talking about before is the, uh, like, the, the person – working like it's like a backpacker ad yep. for someone working in Australia in the tourism sector or in hospitality and mm-hmm. having like an office in the outback is that the one you're talking about yeah yeah oh that yeah. might have been our call for holiday makers yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. there's Question. been a lot of ads yes in terms of Mad Men how similar was it working at Tourism Australia to Am Mad I Men to know what Mad you don't know what Mad Men is <laughs> what Sorry, this is government agency, mates. <laughs> Have you not seen Matt? I mean, Don I Draper. feel like Don I've heard Draper. Of, mm, yeah, I've definitely heard of him. <laughs> Look, some call yeah. me, they call me the Don Draper of the ad world, right? I mean, I'm assuming <laughs> is it crazy or is it cool? Is it's it wor- cool? It's cool. Okay, it's cool. it was cool. I mean, when I worked in the advocacy space, we had these things called Friends of Australia. Still do. Um, essentially, it's like around 150 high-profile Australians and not non-Australians, people that are really passionate about Australia. And we work with them to use their voice in a really authentic and organic way 
to speak about Australia. It could be for different campaigns or we'd send them over to Australia to do this, that and the other and then hope that they talk about like it. videos or like just, just experiences? Well, no experiences. We never paid them. We never – it was all just organic. So you just get celebrities and say, hey, come have a great time. And, exactly, And yeah. then they would just go share it with people on yeah. movie sets and all that kind or of thing. Or jumping on to like opportunities, like someone might be down here for the cricket and they're like a really big um, – there's like Harsha Bogle who's this massive Indian cricket commentator. If he would be down, we know that he loves Australia. So how can we like tap onto that trip and send him to a few cool places while he's down so that hopefully he can show a bit more of Australia to his massive Indian following, mm. things like that. That's the way we think about it. And in terms of actually like arc protecting that kind of thing and knowing about all these different people yeah was that like something that you researched or was there like a whole team just being like who are the people yeah no that are wild a a team of two so it was me and my incredible boss she was like 30 under 40 under 40 in all of the asia pacific and australia for marketing like she's just she's incredible i love her she has such great relationships and she's built them over 10 15 years um and she yeah they know people who know other people you you watch the media you listen to stories you speak we had representation representatives sorry in all of our key markets so you speak to them yeah you just have a way of knowing um and then in terms of like the influencer strategy it'd be my job to like really knuckle down to make sure that as a government agency we're working with the right people that really do represent our brand yeah cool because there would have been a lot of things that you just wouldn't be able to collaborate with because you just yeah. Would be too brash. Yeah, absolutely. Especially on social media. Yeah, and it's scary when you're like, you're trusting someone. And also it's so easy. I worked out when you're looking, when you're doing like an audit on an influencer, for example, you're looking at them and you can be so quick to judge who they are, but until you like maybe watch their content for three or four weeks, that's the only time you actually start to understand who they are behind their pictures. Always two completely different things. Yeah, what are you looking for? Oh, I mean, all the red flags, but also all the positive things. What are like, the red, what are the red flags? <laughs> the red flags. I mean, in a government agency, yeah. they're very different to anywhere else. I mean, anything political for one, depending who's in government, of course. Um, like nudity, sex, drugs, alcohol. I literally type in this person, Hamish, drugs, Hamish, <laughs> nudity. See what comes up in Google. Oh, Hamish, literally. you're in trouble, mate. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> Can't collaborate with you, Hamish. Can't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Out of here. Yeah. But yeah, it's actually it's fascinating. Um, but then you know you look at you know have they been to Australia before? Have they spoken about Australia before in a in a good way? Have they been interviewed about loving travel or you know maybe food and wine's a pillar that we could leverage on because we have amazing food and produce uh, wine and produce here. So all these different things that could kind of get them over the line if we needed them to, but also lots of things that could push them back. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And in terms of like creating and holding on to these strategic relationships what kind of advice would you have for people like what was your process yeah I mean a lot of them were internationals and like if you're talking celebrity level like you know sometimes you could speak directly to them but many a times as a talent manager um and it's I guess it's like a media relationship just like be there support them especially on social media like support like like their staff comment on their staff my, my boss had amazing relationships and friendship genuine friendships with so many of these people um and I think it's like someone said to me once you can't just knock on someone's door when you need them like you really need to nurture and appreciate these relationships if you think maybe one day you'll want something from them or one day they're going to want something for you 
it's like don't just think about that in result think about you know how can you grow the relationship over time because that's the most authentic way of you know collaborating together yeah so an example could potentially be like with the um indian cricketer person yeah hey i'm in india what city are you in let's go for dinner is that something well i mean he'd be less accessible like that but maybe like (laughs) commenting on his instagram saying like this is amazing australia loves you la 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 and that would be from the australia account and or or from personal yeah i've made a lot of relationships um and like i nurture them through social media now yeah cool a different world it is a different world i mean you have to to. if you're going to be global i mean you can't expect to see someone once every 10 years when you happen to be in their country and yeah it's a different world instant now oh my god pen pals (laughs) did you ever have a pen pal i feel like i had to do one forced (laughs) for school (laughs) i don't know her name but it lasted twice not twice Oh, yeah, I had a friend that was actually a pen pal for years. Really? Yeah. I feel like you would have a friend that's a pen pal. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so two personal brand Hamish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it your mom? She's just like. <laughs> no, no, it was my friend Elliot actually. Oh. Yeah, because he like. Is he in, from Adelaide or? Yeah, yeah. That's He's cool. just really into d- different languages and all that. So he'd do it as like a a means to. He, they would do it in English, and he would do it in I think it was it Spanish or it was Chinese because he's multilingual that is so cool oh he's wild i always always called him ksa king smarter <laughs> <laughs> i love that's that. a great name for elliot <laughs> yeah right? it's very fitting yeah it, it is yeah. oh so love that good. <laughs> but yeah okay so you created strategic relationships you comment on social media and it would just be like the typical like hey this is awesome da 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 yeah but it, it also things? helps that you are a big brand aka australia like that yes I'd so they notice you for a reason. They'd be like, oh, yeah, mutual you, benefit. And tourism boards are like quite attractive to people with influence because everyone loves travel. Yes. I can imagine as a small brand with minimal budget, it would be a completely different story. Be so hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Completely different. So, like, yeah. you and definitely. And everyone has your people skills as well. Yeah, oh. that's another part of it. Like, you know, well, you do. You, you got to be able to be pretty ballsy and you know, and DM people that are quite more successful or, or you know more talented sometimes. Than, yeah, you know. it's so it's such and it like it depends who you're talking to. Like someone will react one way, someone will react another. It's like, yeah, it's it's a hard game to play, but definitely you know, it's a big part of marketing. So definitely a space that everyone should be playing in. Would it be something that you get cult, like briefed on as the cultural differences or would it be something you just have to naturally learn how to navigate? Or is it a bit of both? It's a bit of both, definitely. Um, like I said, we had regional managers in each of the key countries. So like they would handle most of the key relationships with media, for example, um, or the influencers, which would really help there. And then when it came to like actually meeting them when they come to Australia, yeah, definitely. We'd have to know all of that. I mean... We want them to feel comfortable and like some of them don't feel comfortable for different reasons um, being in Australia or they might have had an experience that happened to them that wouldn't have happened back in their home country. Crocodiles. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh. We oh. couldn't post about crocodiles or sharks when I was working in their social team, which came next. Like anything like that, that would freak them out. Be crawlies. I'd be like, is that like 2% of tourism that isn't coming to Australia now because they saw this? Yeah, legit. <laughs> it's like the uh, campaign, where the bloody hell are you? Oh gosh, yeah, oh, isn't that interesting? I, I actually <laughs> really liked it, but it didn't work for non-Australians. It worked for Australians, it, but it wasn't for Australians. But about so, how are you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Margot Robbie. I mean, 
Le- uh, uh, B- Bingo? Bingo? Yeah, Lara Bingo. Bingo. Thank you. Yeah. Just cannot get the two con- confused. Yeah. What was Hen? Uh, did you actually meet Hensworth? I did meet Hensworth. Okay. So. Just <laughs> a that. Film with this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we did a, a launch. It was for, you might remember, Philosophy, which was like. Yep. Um, it was a domestic campaign. So rather than like before bushfires, COVID, everything we did was all international marketing. So most people didn't really see what we were doing. And then we had to flip it and do everything domestic. So this was like philosophy um, and that was aimed towards our international market but only had domestic media. So the the message does get confused a bit there. Um, But yeah, Chris... Hemsworth was our spokesperson. It was a surprise to media, although media was at the Opera House actually. Um, we had Whipper, like Fitzy and Whipper, hosting it. And then last minute he came in and the media just like went crazy. It was like insane, like holding them back and they were like going at him. And yeah, but he's as beautiful as he looks and his nature is just, yeah, he's incredible. Did Love you have a moment, uh, Hamish and I both talked about this. I get it with like, uh, premiers or prime ministers, whatever. It's that moment when you meet them and you're like, oh, my God, I see this person on TV. But I'm now I'm in person with them. You said this. Hey, yeah, it's about, like a, yeah, it's an experience of true starstruck and you don't recognise it until you're experiencing it, right? Because you're like starstruck. Oh, yeah, I probably wouldn't get starstruck. Yeah. But then it's like this human is like an enigma because you've just seen them on television yeah. whatnot, and they kind of like look like what they're not real but here? you're in real life with them and you're like, oh, my totally. God. Totally. <laughs> So, I, I mean, because he'd been our ambassador for so long, sorry, Tourism Australia's ambassador, don't work there anymore, um, but I'd seen, like, so much B-roll footage, like, I'd worked on different things, I'd, like, feel like I knew his face, but that, for me, was the Irwins, Robert Irwin, seeing, him, like, oh, it was, like, the icing on the cake, Childhood he's so crush. cute, Childhood got nah, someone else was that, he's a bit too young to me, for me, Robert Irwin. Yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, like, whoa, like, I only see you on TV, and now you're here. Same thing. That's wild. Yeah. So what kind of chats did you get to have with Chris? Did you have some I didn't like have a chat chat with Chris. Oh, He's a very busy man. Wish I did. Enough. Um but who else I've spoken on the phone to um what's her name? Uh, Sophie. 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 Shout out Sophie. Love Island. <laughs> I don't know, Love uh, Island. I don't know, Love oh, Island. I don't know, I forget her name, but she was hilarious. She's like that Aussie Bogan. I don't, I don't know why I've forgotten her name. <laughs> well, shout sorry, out sorry, Sophie. <laughs> People are going to listen to this and be like, I know exactly who you're talking We'll, we'll cut that into the caption. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Very Sophie. Nice. Um, yeah, and just like more local people like Lincoln Lewis and I are friends now on Instagram. Like he was my childhood crush. Lincoln Not Lewis, if you're I don't know Lincoln Lewis. <gasps> Home and Away. Oh, no, I didn't watch Home and Away. I'm too American. That's Lincoln Lewis. Lincoln, yeah. Wow. You are missing out. Wait, Lincoln is big. Lincoln Lincoln Lewis. Yeah, he's big. Love him. Yeah, he's good. But yeah, I mean Cool. Yeah, it was it was just a cool, cool experience. And that was like that was my dream job. And it was hard to decide to leave a dream job, I think. And like, especially at such a young age. I was there for three and a half years and was passionate about the industry. Um, I loved the work I did, but also in a big organization, you only can get so far without going out into the world and finding some more experience. Bureaucracy. Hold yes. And also government headcount <laughs> yeah. never helps. But what I was the bureaucracy yeah. like to deal with? Um, look, like I, everyone that I worked with was amazing, definitely. But 
you know, people love like Tourism Australia is like the creme de la creme of government agencies in terms of a fun place to work in marketing. And people that have been there have been there for years, like 10, 20 years. They're the anniversaries we're celebrating, if not longer. Um, so for you to be able to move up, someone has to leave because of headcount. And they don't want to leave. No one wants to leave. So, yeah. Uh, it's it's a really good sector of government. It's a great sector, I mean, yeah. it's Will does not say this often. No, no, no. I did not say that often. <laughs> I, just, I just completely outperform SATC. But uh, – I think <laughs> when I was at ATE, I actually asked a couple of people about you in your area. Oh, God. And <laughs> Who they, did they you like, ask? No, I can't even remember the names, but they're all in social media. You know, they were junior or they were senior. I think it could have been your um, boss for a while, your manager yeah. or whatever. And they spoke so highly of you. Oh. They are like, oh, we, we're so upset that she's leaving, oh. you know. So um, clearly you made an impact in that organisation in a short nice. period of time. So, yeah. Thanks for telling me that. That's really nice. Yep. Good to have some ears still in the industry. Yeah, well, I'll be back at ATU this year. I so. know, amazing. Yeah. It's in Sydney? Yep, back again in Sydney. Perfect. And they subsidised it last year, so I think they're still subsidising again to an extent. So good. That'd be good. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. Love ATU. So yeah. why did you decide to leave? Because you wanted career progression? <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely that. I, I feel like I couldn't stay in one place for, the, for, for a long time because you always think – what else don't I know that's out? Like one thing that was playing on my mind is that I didn't have agency experience and I still don't. And a lot of people that go into marketing go agency side first and then corporate side. It's really hard mentally mm. to go client side, sorry, and then agency side. Just different ball game. Explain that to me. What do you mean? Um, so agency, you work with many different brands. You're, you're a part of their puzzle. You might deliver campaigns or you might run a social media for different brands. You could be working on five different brands in a week or more. Client side, they're your baby. You live and breathe everything. It's your brand. You know the brand through and through. You know how everyone reacts. You know the goal. Completely different. Swap that over and then, you know, you need to be a little less passionate about everything and divide your passion across things. You're also probably going to be working longer hours. You're going to be working harder for potentially little return. I guess everyone likes them for different reasons, but... That was one thing that played in my mind because agency side, you get a breadth of experience across multiple things. Yeah, it's You're like doing a jack everything. of all trades. Vibe. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, having eight clients. Yeah, yeah, like the brain width at times to better go. I have to go into this business and then I understand. Okay, what's the marketing objectives? Ads, creative, cap, copywriting. Yeah, and then tone of voice. Thirty minutes. Oh. Thirty minutes. Uh, another place, and it, the bandwidth of that is very difficult at times. Definitely. And I've got you know, so I've done the opposite of going agency first. And then I eventually do want to be more just with one brand. Yeah. You know, because it's just, it's just easier and, and you can do more with it once, yeah. you, once you know what you're doing. And I'd say as long as it's a brand you're passionate about, that yeah. will help all like all the more definitely. And you're so true. Like I think that's probably the more typical way to go around it and probably, you know, if you want to go breadth, not depth, I feel like that's the best way to go about any career. And so, yeah, like I definitely had to speak to a few people about that, like, is it my head that's telling me it's holding me back or will this actually hold me back in my career? Um, and there were varying opinions, but like at the end of the day, I thought I've got, I've had a breadth of experience already. Um, and I, yeah, I'm just keen to keep going client side for now. That might change one day. Maybe I'll want to run an agency one day. I don't know. But yeah, they're like the different things that you think, I guess you think about, think of when you're navigating your career. It's like, oh, when you go back to imposter syndrome, like, should I really be here if I haven't done all of these other things that are a step back before here? 
well, you just do it because that's what everyone does. Mm. They just do it. You just got to hold your head high and get through it. That That reminds me of one of my quotes. Tell me your quote. Go. All right. Give me two minutes. All right, we'll come back. Interlude. So, okay, so you went from Australian tourism to Kayla now. Yes. Sweat. Yes. And that was just straight there, or there was something in between? Like, did you quit and then look, or did you get it and then move over? So, um, yeah, I. So, my partner was living in Sydney with me. He moved back. He always knew that he wanted to be in Adelaide, and like, I love Adelaide. I wanted to come back as long as there was something here for me. Very career driven. As soon as I feel like, uh, you know, I can't find that place for me and I hope that I always do, but I'm prepared to move at the drop of a hat if I need to, but hopefully that never happens. Um, but, yeah, so we were we did long distance for like seven months, eight months, um, and that was fine because I just needed the right thing. Like I wasn't just going to come back. You know, I felt like I'd built myself to a, like an okay place in Sydney and I wanted to leverage that. And there are a few like jobs that I looked at that I thought it's just – it's just not right. Like it's not a stepping stone. It's not a step up for yeah, me. Yeah, because, I mean, you started pretty high. Oh, thank I you. I mean, Australian tourism's, you know, as you said, as Will said, it's oh, like the creme that. de la creme of, <laughs> of government, you know, marketing agencies. Yeah, yeah. Let's so um, I wanted a global brand. Like one thing I've always loved are big brands. I don't know why. I just love it. I feel like... You know, well, a they have a lot of budget. Exactly, you can do more creative. You can do more creative stuff. And I am, yeah. No, I haven't, but I'm sure you have. Yeah, I saw it today. They covered a whole building in their Burberry like tartan. (gasps) It's sick, amazing, and I love that stuff. I love. I have a very creative brain. I'm like 50% structured, 50% like. Yeah, what I love about social media and campaigns and whatever is that your brain like. As far as your brain wants to go, your creative can go. It's like if you just keep pushing on your brain to get more creative and more creative, you can come up with like such cool things. What's an example? If you've got the budget. Oh God, don't get asked that. For me, an example of I knew that question was gonna come if I said that. (laughs) I mean it depends. You've got your creativity, but then you also have budget and they're two completely different things. Definitely. What do you start with? I mean, you start with the concept and the goal and then you look at the money. And then you push the money aside and you say, how do we go big? And then you step down, down, money. down, 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 down. Yeah, As a small business market, yeah, it's the money. It down. Man. But it's good testing your brain either way. Like, I love that. So, yeah, and I, that's what I feel like social media is 50% art and 50% science. Like, it is the data. It is all those numbers that are backing you up to know what your audience want or what's working in the algorithm. But 50% of it is also like, what is your gut telling you is right? based off the creative that you've worked with before and you can't get numbers from the, that feeling or that emotion that you know is working with your community. It's intuition you're talking about. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. And have you just been naturally bestowed this intuition? I or mean, do you think has there been something I, I honestly, if you asked me three, four years ago, I wouldn't say I'm a creative person. Like I guess I haven't really realised until the last few years where I've had to apply that creativity that I thought, okay, actually I might be. Um, But I guess how do you you work out what's creative and what's not compared to someone else? Like I just feel like my brain works in a different way than some other people. Do you have an example? Oh, God, no. I just – I don't know. It's like a campaign that you've created. I mean, yeah, but it's always a team effort in big organisations. It's never you. 
you pitch ideas into a campaign, they pitch back, you make something big. Yeah, cool. You've been able to come creative because you're conceptually dense. Like you understand how to see things, you know, long term. But creativeness, I think growing up for a lot of us at school was artsy hand writing oh, and stuff like that. And then that you go into ads and you've got video and then, oh my God, I'm yep. actually really creative at that stuff. Absolutely. I cannot, and any of my friends will say this, like even like bubble writing when you do the first page in your textbook and you're like trying to like make a, you know, that can't do that. Can't draw people, can't color in the lines. That is always what I think I thought creativity was. Yep. And now like we're, we're doing this big deal with Facebook for Kayla's channels um, and we have to create like a massive amount of video in this year. That's why we're doing four shoots a month, five shoots a month. Um, and like just coming up with the creative concepts for that, yes, 50% have to be like, you know, your business as usual videos to get out the numbers to just keep the channel going. But when you just start to think outside the box, I think that's when you start becoming really proud of your work. You get excited for when the community are going to respond to that. You read the comments um, and you just like keep growing and, perf- and hopefully overperforming from there. Yeah, cool. And what does that look like? <laughs> Why <laughs> Not are you all go- of it. I mean, you need to go on Kayla's social and just check it out. Yeah, no, I know the regular stuff. You know, we've got like a double Kayla thing that we've been doing where there's two Kaylas and they're like training each other. And Oh, yeah, that was a cool ad. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't an ad. That was an organic social video. Oh, my bad. I did see a good ad. Actually, no, I think that they probably would have boosted it as an ad. Yeah. But yeah. thank you. <laughs> Um, I'm yeah, a, I'm, a, I'm a fitness person. Yeah, and it's also really interesting. Like now, I've worked, I've gone from working for a brand to a person, and your creativity also has to change in a way that you can't just start throwing like effects and stuff onto this piece of work that you're filming because you're working with a person, and it needs to be organic to some degree. Um, so yeah, that's just a whole new way of thinking in terms of creativity as well. Yeah, because isn't the biggest thing right now for social media? and branding side of thing like user generated content yeah is that your user generated content all with her or do you have like a community that like boosts the user generated content around yeah so that like from there's like there's so there's a sweat account and then there's a cater account and the community on both of those are incredible like i didn't even know until i started but they're just they're so passionate about what Kayla does and what Sweat does because Sweat has literally changed parts of their life. And it's interesting because Kayla's from Adelaide, right? And you don't hear, you know, massive amounts about her and the work that she's done here. But her biggest audience is in the US and then the UK and then Australia. And the US is just like her community is huge and they will go to ends creating content. If we're, for example, launching something, we'll contact the community and be like, hey, this is coming out in three weeks like do you want to create content around it and they will do that or they'll do it organically um and yeah on social like that's like you said it's where the magic happens because it's like word of mouth but in a global social world that's cool so for people that are listening they're like who the hell is kayla yes can you describe like what she is what she does what is sweat yeah yeah so i guess kayla is a global fitness trainer, you could say. And she started as a personal trainer and she still is a personal trainer. And what came from that is she jumped on Instagram really early on and she started sharing transformation photos of her clients. And from that, she just grew this massive audience. Note, this is before the day that days are paid where you can target people and get more followers. It just grew and grew and grew because she was creating an awesome personal training program. 
So from that, they saw an opportunity to create the sweat app. Well, there are some other guides before that, but it eventually turned into the sweat app. Um, and yeah, a big organization came about around that. And then Kayla grew and grew and grew and continued to grow. And now they have what, 12 or so trainers that are also in the sweat app. Um, and yeah, they're, they're a global fitness organization and Kayla is the head trainer. That's cool. So there's yeah. 12 different set workout plans or is it like based on your like metabolic size and all stuff of like that? Whatever. Yeah. There's like hundreds, if you go in there, there's hundreds of workouts for, I guess, every woman, um, high intensity yoga, low intensity, you go in, you track your goals. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Cool. And what's it been like for you and your experience of being a woman in corporate business? Yeah. Um, interesting question. I've had Big this question. a few times. I have been so, so lucky that I have been led by a female in almost all of my jobs. Um, So I had an incredible, like when I started Tourism Australia, it was Lisa Ronson, who's now the CMO of Coles. And then before her was Cheryl Sandberg, like all these amazing leaders. Then in marketing in general, you often see that it's highly female dominated And so I've always felt supported, even in a corporate world. I've always felt supported. I've always felt like my voice is heard. I haven't really felt discrimination towards me. Even now, um, I have a male boss now and he's incredible. Like, he's just like, I think I'm so lucky and I can't really speak to this topic because I have felt like it's been an open book for me. That's great. Um, which is amazing. And I it hope doesn't all have to be I, a bad story. No. <laughs> well, yeah. And I hope other other women can feel the same as well because um, hopefully things are changing slowly but surely. I know there's a lot of issues out there still. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed that some other women can feel the same because so far so good for me. Yeah, cool. And dealing with such powerhouses in the marketing world – has there been some like pieces of advice that are just like those like things that just stick and you're like reminding yourself of those things every now and then it goes like bam. This yeah, thing. definitely. I think there's probably two things like in social media specifically, it you need to remove yourself from the situation when you're working from a brand because and this kind of goes against what I said about a gut feeling about creative and like the things that fifty percent art, fifty percent science. But what I mean by this is like you are not your audience. You are actually probably completely different to your audience. Your audience might be, you know, a male between 30 to 35 that likes this and has this interest. Even my audience, it's a female audience, but the things that they are responding to might be different to the things that I'm responding to. So that's where the data part comes in. So always remember that just because you like it, it doesn't mean that they're going to like it. And that's anything for marketing really. And that's why research is so important um, as well as tracking all the data. And then the other thing, which has almost slipped my mind, that's it. In social, I think one thing that one thing that someone said to me was social is so new that you can only have as much experience as someone else. So just because someone's been in the marketing world for 40 years, they might have only been doing social for two. And so that kind of gives you the confidence to, yes, they have amazing marketing experience behind them and that is so important. But that gives you the confidence to be like, okay, maybe this isn't imposter syndrome. Maybe I do know what I'm doing and maybe I know as much as they know in this space. And like just thinking about that as you're going through the process of you know moving jobs or going through interviews or even just sitting around a table and discussing what you're going to do next for a campaign just remember that 
yeah, you can be confident if you think that you know what you're doing. Yeah, beautiful. And in terms of that target market idea and how do you find yourself getting into the world of someone that is a completely target market? Because it kind of sounds like that's like what an actor would do trying to get into the role yeah. of, you know, who they're playing. Yeah, I mean, it's Funny just a, it's an interesting... House, acting like, you know... Yeah, you've got it. It takes time. Like what year old male? <laughs> yeah, like, what would he do at the house? <laughs> what would he do? I, do I say they? Do I not? Yeah, it's completely different. Like tone of voice. Like I'm lucky that I'm a female. I really enjoy fitness. Kayla's audience are females that enjoy fitness, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like for example, if my boss tried to chime in, he's a male. I don't know his age, but it's just a completely different way of thinking and talk. Even the language that you use completely different like it's a difficult thing to do but with practice you you get it and what kind of things have you done for practice in that regard I mean in terms of like writing and copy you just write and write and write and get feedback and feedback and one day literally I've had this two times in both Tourism Australia and Kayla uh, at Sweat sorry it just clicks and you're like oh finally that took me three months but I finally have got it it's not an easy thing is Um, it like a place to come from in your mind what do you mean like it's like like I think an example would be for this podcast for example coming from the idea of like what is something that would be a question that is on someone's mind after watching this clip yeah yeah but even like you know you can look at their comments you can you just need to be in tune with them you can't ignore what they're saying so you're constantly scrolling the feed. Constantly scrolling the feed. That That's is wild. the life of social. You've got to do it. If you're really invested, you've got to know what people are wanting from you. Do you make or else like you're wasting your time. reports about like no, different you just things know. that are people saying? Like I mean, you can when the occasion comes, it. but it's all in here eventually. Yeah, you cool. just got to take yourself out of your personal world and put yourself into her shoes for a little bit. It's very interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah, different world. Yeah. What do you reckon uh, was the the real reason she was so she's been so successful? What is it about her as a person? Yeah, I mean, I think she just this is what a lot of people forget that Kayla built her. Kayla was a personal trainer first. She shared her business on social media, and then she became big. She wasn't an influencer that built a business off the back of her platform. And I think there's a lot of confusion in the industry about two and neither are better and neither are worse. But Kayla's always stuck to being a personal trainer and she's bet like I could probably count on one hand how many times she's worked with brands. She doesn't do sponsored posts. She doesn't get paid for anything outside of her business. Her business is her bread and butter. She loves it. She believes in it and she believes in the community that she got from that. So I think that authenticity that Kayla has always kept and will likely keep for the rest of her life or however long she's on social um that's the reason people stick around and that's the reason why she's continuing to grow that's pretty cool yeah authenticity yep sticking true to your guns to stick to it right that's the way to do it and a good yeah. program as well like you know it's a, it's a she's got an effective system for weight loss and turning up you know for women that's what i've been and just feeling for. good yeah. yeah yeah and balance and you know and mindfulness i suppose to an extent yeah, yeah. and what do you do to deal with the stress of being a high-profile <sighs> marketing woman. 
That's what you are. Great question. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, love what you do and let the bad days have bad days and really enjoy the good days because a week, every day in a week could look so different. You could just, just be so stressed on a Monday and a Tuesday. Wednesday, you're like, that's all good. It's breezy. Friday. Angry, just scream at your colleagues. Like, not a bad day, right? <laughs> no. Um, well, number one, I just try to have fun. Like Kayla's a really fun person to be around. So whenever we're shooting, it's so much fun. It's not stressful if I'm pre- like prepared. Um, speaking of which, I have a shoot tomorrow and I'm not entirely prepared. Um, but I'm sure it'll be fun. Um, and then just like downloading on people that with, with not on people downloading with people that understand, um, you know, they might be in a similar situation or they might be in a completely different situation, but they understand where you're coming from. Um, you can speak properly about the things that frustrate you, get it off your chest and also walking like I love a walk. A mm. walk is where I'm creative. A walk is where I de-stress. Love a walk. Could walk all day. Favorite walks here. Hey, at the walks moment I'm just walking around the house, but I did do lofty on the public holiday, and my hip flexors for literally longer than a week could not walk properly. Should race Hamish. She loves a bit of lofty. <gasps> do yeah, you? I do. We should yeah. do it. We should. Yeah. Time. I used to I used to hold the Strava record for women's up lofty thirty five minutes. Oh yeah, I beat you! Oh, hey. mother! <laughs> yeah, I got thirty two. I think I did. What up? I think Are I you did running? Uh, running and walking. Yeah, so wow. I wasn't running the uphills except for the I last did exactly like four hundred meters. I did I'm exactly like, the same. Let's go. You know? But that, that mind you, top. that was three years ago when I was like doing half marathons and all that. I did it the other day and it took a little bit longer. So I won't yeah. tell you that time. That's all right. But I'll beat you up there. I started for at 48. Sure. Sorry, guys. I did up and down in 49. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, but who counts down? That's crazy. Man? I got down in 20 down. minutes. I was up in. Uh, I was up. I was up in 32. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right, I feel even, like we have even. a little sesh coming. I can't yeah. do it anymore. My back's too bad to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I live yeah, in the past. I live in my memory. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I've got a routine and I love it. Yeah. I go up the top as fast as I can. I gun it. Each time I've actually been getting better. There's a few That's weeks good. where I was less, but I've just been progressively getting better because I feel like most of it's a mind game. Yeah, definitely. And I go to the top and I have a carrot cake. And I have a nice glass of fresh, fresh juice. <laughs> you were clearly going a bit later <laughs> than the usual. No, it's always closed when I'm there. What time are you going? I don't know. Like five in the morning? Six. Oh, no, nah, this should be open by oh. then. What are you talking about? Oh, I don't it's know. Stay open early. Oh, well, that would get me up there quicker, a carrot cake. It's great. Yeah. Although sometimes I don't have the carrot cake and I get this like orange and poppy seed little... Little cake thing sounds even better because you can't get a cheesecake. I tried the cheesecake <laughs> once and it was just it was too rich. At like that time I of the just morning? worked out so much. Like that is it's I'm just too heavy. Straight yeah. back yeah. up. Yeah, yeah legit. legit for that. Yeah. Can't do that. Whereas carrot cake's nice because it's light and you like. I love yeah, it. It's carrot. It's carrot. <laughs> yeah, it'll help you go run down that hill. I feel like you can't walk down that hill though. Not possible. Yeah, I, you got to run. Oh, your to knees run. just feel so. Yeah, on the way. Although if you do a slight squat, yeah. It like okay. focuses on your bum more and then you like your bum will be hurt the next day and you'll be like, Yeah, I just I did like that. Do it again. It's what up. I Boot love it. Yep. Yeah. Right, I remember that. Yeah. I do love Lofty. Because I know your man has done some wild, you know, physical yeah. challenges. Have you done wild physical Not challenges? Not like him. But like what are you was your version? Because obviously, like you're half probably marathon pretty crazy was, yourself. No, not <laughs> I, I used to be like very, very into fitness, probably in a 
negative way actually you know when you're just like mm. so obsessed in um, like a borderline like, like anorexic way no because <laughs> <laughs> like I know a lot of people like they have anorexia yeah, yeah, yeah. like hyper no not like that fitness. just like just like every like spare moment I'm like oh I mean I could just go for a run or do a workout like rather than just like chilling out that doesn't um, sound like a bad thing no like but like good. you know three times a day you don't need to do that uh, Inj- yeah, then, injuries mate yeah, injuries. and then yeah, your body right, gets true. used to burning so much off that it kind of counteracts. Yep. So I got out of that, which was good. But I mean, I did a half marathon. That was What's like a half marathon. How big's that? Twenty-two point one, twenty-one point twenty-one point five. I don't know. Light work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hamish, what are you going to say about this? <laughs> what I'm saying is, George I did that for fun on the weekend. Fifteen days straight. 31 k Yeah, that was impressive. Average. That 70, was walking though. Oh, were you running it? Is it a half marathon? Of course you run it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done, done a walk-a-thon, Matt. I'm not going to walk a half marathon. You oh, run s- non-stop the whole time. Oh, okay. Time. That's, a big walk. that's a big run. That's so funny. That's a big run. Yes. Yeah, so, But walking. that's all. But like he's done insane. Like his ex-world champ, tri- not world champ, six in the world champ triathlon person champion Crazy. whatever really? um, for like his age for his age so he was retired now um but he was, was 19 he was, oh, under 19 I don't know. yeah but he um competed in china well wow. a few um, quite a few years before i met him but yeah he's done some crazy events which we can talk about later wow. but yeah he's just screwed differently yeah yeah <laughs> 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 Anyway, continue. You made yourself anyway, cry. Anyway. That could have been quite anyway. a normal comment. Yeah, yeah. But it just wasn't. Anywho, <laughs> so I wanted to share um, oh, the yes. quote before. Right? Yes, share it. Yeah, but um, listening to like your journey um, in in marketing and working with Tourism Australia is like. With what I'm trying to do with journalism, audience is so important. And then audience is important. Everything, influence, influences, like, it's all it's very important. And it is more important when it comes to tourism. And, like, um, the quote here, is, it says that without a shadow, there is no substance. This is true for purpose. The graveyard is a, tre- is a treasure trove. If you... Died without finding your calling, then, oh, I'm going to start it again, guys. So the graveyard is a treasure trove. You have to just do it like Nike. If you died without finding your calling, you have lost in life and lost the war placed on you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Gives me me shivers. I know. It's because, like, without your shadow, then you're not human. You don't have an essence. Yeah. So then you don't. Yeah, and then when's, then where's your purpose from then? Because what we're all voyaging in is a purpose. And that's the thing with life. Like, everyone's looking for a purpose. Not everyone's going to find it. That's why the graveyard has a lot of unforeseen potential. That could have been the next Einstein or things like that. But that's what that talks about. And that's powerful. That, yeah. Wow. You have beautiful writing. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Deep. Yours a genius. Very deep. <laughs> Pure. I try. I'm trying to be in tune so with deep. myself. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Are you in the star signs? I'm an Aries and I know that. Oh, okay, listen. <laughs> listen. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And yeah. Tatum, right? She's yeah, Aries. And Tatum, yeah, yeah. yeah. Powerful, Aries. powerful women. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Mm. Um, I like to think that I am, but when you speak to someone that's really into it, no, not, not like, like that. He's like old cancer. 
Yep. Ooh. I actually just Triple found cancer. that out. I never knew till this year. Oh. Yeah. Triple okay. sensitive. Legit. This Triple is sensitive. Why this, well, legit. That's why I can write so I reckon you know, yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Absolutely. But that's but that's the thing. I used to be mute. Like I used to be introverted. I used to not say anything. Yeah. And then now I'm only I think I'm only giving half. But then when I get into being comfortable giving everything, then I can be my true self. So that's what my writing t- talks about, that journey to it. It's amazing. Well. Yeah. Have you felt like a big difference since you've been writing? Like you've I'm become more confident in yourself because you're understanding who you are through your writing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm getting uncomfortable. Like, Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You've got to do that, right? Yeah, discomfort, yeah. It's the best. It's yeah. the worst, but the best. Mm, it is. What are your favourite YouTube channels? Do you do much for YouTube? <laughs> Kayla has a YouTube channel, yes. Um, she did long I format like do, vlogs. Yeah, long for not vlogs. Um, we had advice from a YouTube specialist that you should be YouTubing in one format only. So we do workouts because people come back to your channel to watch the that same thing, thing that they, yeah. So whether or not, yeah. I mean, I'd love to do vlogs, but that also It'd would require time of day, someone following, like, yeah, it's, a lot of. It's a supply chain. Logistics, yeah. So no, do, don't ask me who my favourite YouTuber is because I don't watch YouTube. Not at YouTube. all. Nope. What? I know people find it so f- weird. Yeah, well, I mean, look, you, you're not really a YouTube specialist, so you're more like Social media, PR. everything, organic. Yeah. I mean, just all so the why, channels. why is organic really reached to your, you know? Um, because it is a lot more creative and it's a lot more being in touch with your community and nurturing a community and fostering you know, whatever you want to foster, whereas paid, which is the other side, is literally that. So you have a creative, you put money behind it, you test in different markets based on data on the back end. More analytical. Yeah, way more analytical. And I think like often paid social is within the paid team. So if you're doing like media ads, la, 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 all different normally, depending on the business structure, if you're big or small or whatever, um, it's quite rare probably not for a small business, but I'm talking from a large business, it's quite rare that the paid team would sit with the social team, even if they are all in social because they're completely different strategies. Often social sits within PR, comms, content writing for the website, all of that sort of sits in one and then brand, paid, sit in the other. This, this is changing. This is starting to change it, uh, <clears throat> because ads are becoming such more and more important and social Speaking media. Speaking of the mic. Social media is becoming uh, kind of less so because of the squish of reach engagement, mm-hmm. those kind of statistics. Saturation, you need, yeah. yeah, you've got to pay more because Facebook's turned into an advertising platform as opposed to just a social media platform. Yeah. yeah. Where Second are the days that. of chronological ordering? I know. Back when we used to get like, oh. what, 4,000 likes in a oh, post? Oh, so good. Where are they the days? 2 p.m. Tuesday post. Yeah, what are I your know. thoughts on like – like, I mean, surely you've explored this. Is like the idea of like we're moving into like global technocracies with these like huge, you know, social media companies that are essentially the public forum for yeah. like how we have discourse. It's crazy. What are your thoughts? I mean, you've got to run with it. Like you absolutely have to run with it. I mean, you can take yourself away from that. Like personally, you can take yourself away from that if you don't want to be involved in whatever could be. But you've got to, social media has always been this way in a way. You've just got to run, I mean, yes, they're getting bigger and more powerful and that's kind of scary. But if it wasn't social media, it would be something else. So, I mean, whether you trust your data and the things you do and say I, is I was, one thing. I, I was even told in my first year of journalism that 
social media is going to be the new um, future for journalism in terms of, as we see print media going more online, yeah. and all of that. So now that I'm also getting into so a lot of social media stuff while doing journalism, it's like, yep, this is what it is. Perfect. Yeah, well, I didn't even have social media in my uni course, which was crazy because yeah. social media was definitely a thing then. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's true. But then also like, I mean, I think social media will be around for a very, 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 very long time. But also, what's the next social media? Like, there's Brain a lot happening. And stuff, right? Uh-huh. The metaverse. Yeah. The bloody all metaverse. The NFTs. Yeah. Yeah. How will NFTs. play into all this? Oh my God. The amount of podcasts I've listened to on NFTs just to, like, slightly understand a small part of it. Mm. What? Some NFTs? I've got gifted one oh, as cute. a departure gift What'd or you get? something. It's. You know <laughs> I'll tell you later. No, I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> it's funny. It's yeah. off the record stuff. Um, but yeah, it's a crazy world. And I think like it's like any like media powerhouse. They had so much power for so long. Now they've got that power taken away from them. And now it's independent journalists. Um, who knows what laws will be put in place? Who knows what will happen? You don't know. You've got to roll with it. What is it like for you chasing the forever changing algorithm? Oof. Part of the job. <laughs> Yep. You would think it's a hassle, but it's part of the job. So and like, what are some things now that um, you see? Like, how would you characterize the algorithm? I mean, it depends your platform. what plat- choose your platform. So Facebook, I mean, Instagram is definitely coming more and more video platform. Facebook is already a video platform. Anything over one minute, anything over three minutes, anything longer videos. I'm not sure if you've like ever been stuck on Facebook somehow and like you're sucked into this video and then it serves you the next video and it just tries to keep you on watching videos kind of like YouTube in a way. Um, so that's definitely a video platform now. Instagram is definitely beco- becoming more and more of a video platform and I'm pretty sure they announced 12 months ago or so that that's definitely the direction that they're going in. So I don't know, I guess like I think for creators that's a really good thing because they're probably already dabbling in videos but for everyday consumers or people that like to post just photos on Instagram, for example, like they're going to have less and less airtime. Um, so I wonder how the algorithms will prioritise those that are friends, those that are creators, those that are brands. Who knows? And I guess that counts on like who's engaging and who's liking and reacting to the things that you're posting or what are you engaging with. That shows the algorithm that they're the people that you want to see more of. Yeah, cool. And what type – you obviously work with huge creators – period like you haven't have you worked with small creators before um at tourism australia we worked with smaller like photographer creators type yeah thing. yeah brooke upton done some stuff for brooke yeah yeah we um did a workout with brooke upton the other day yeah. i mean a few months ago now um but yeah i mean i love the smaller creators they're a lot more often a lot more creative a lot more passionate yeah yeah, mm. there's some really cool... They're changing the, the stuff. They're changing the what's happening. Yeah. Absolutely. And also with creators, like, good on them because it must take so much free time, so much editing. Like, before you even become a creator, you have to give so much of your life and your time to trying to be, get there. Mm. And then you get there and then, like, the ball starts rolling. But that period before, I think so many people would drop out or just not even want to attempt that because it takes a lot. Definitely. It's Adelaide set for you, right? Yeah, you yeah. guys have done it. Yeah. Shout out to set. Whoop, Sponsored whoop. by the set. <laughs> what up? Um, okay, so in terms of like chasing the algorithm, work with large content creators, what kind of things in terms of video do you see as being like, yo, these are the must-have elements 
for us right now? Yeah. Um, I guess it depends on what brand you're working with. Well, let's just your choose audience. what you're Yeah, sure. You're so, I just mean, yeah, I mean, it, I think well, there are general elements that you can talk about with any video. It needs to be engaging and then it needs to either be entertaining or add value. It needs to be one of those two things because if it's not entertaining, they're not going to watch. If it's not going to add value, what are they getting from it? They're so wasting like their time. Informative. Yeah, it needs to be informative, something you didn't know. It could be a hack, like anything like that. A tip for working out, for example. Also, the first three seconds of any video is absolutely the most important because most people don't get past that three seconds. And so often, when you're, do you do? I mean, it could sure be like Kayla doing a cartwheel instead of just starting her workout, or Kayla saying something quick to the camera. Anything we realize that anything where she's speaking for a long time to the camera at the start doesn't work as well because most people just want to be entertained. They just want to, yeah. So like things like that you can think about and then with video views on Facebook specifically, like nothing gets really counted over under three seconds. So you really want to get them to that three second mark and then also look at when they're dropping off later, all of those sort of things. So you can say like, okay, at this moment they disengaged. Why is that? And does it give you the percentile of the video or does it give you the actual second? It gives you, it can give you the second and the percent depending on what platform. Yeah, Yeah, you can see the drop-off in ads. Yeah, You can see the drop-off moments. Which is really interesting. But most people only watch the first three to five seconds of your video. And then in terms of like actually architecting the next videos and whatnot, how many videos, I know we asked this off air, but how many videos uh, would you be working with to be like, all right, these things work or these things don't work? Yeah, I mean, you do it a period of time. It could be like a series of 10, like we said. It could be like, I want to test this whole new world of or way of posting things for three months. Then I'll compare it to the three months before. And what would be it an example of like those little differences or big differences from your experience so far? Yeah, so for example, it could be like we want to do a walking series and – We've always done it on a treadmill where she, where Kayla might walk and talk for a period of time. But maybe it would be more engaging if she was walking outside, if she was actually going on her morning walk. How can we test that? We would produce essentially the most the, an identical video. We'd put them in. We'd test the numbers. You can do A-B testing if you want more direct results or you can literally just post them over a period of time and then compare the pair. Yeah, cool. She knows this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize. Like, I don't know. <laughs> the world of consumer psychology is that something that you're pretty like well read on, or is it more experienced? Obviously, it's both. But like, is that something on an analytical? Like, I read heaps of books, or I listen to heaps of podcasts to understand consumer psychology more. As in me, yeah, you. Mm, I would say it's really important in a marketing role, but I would say social media is more. It's right in front of you. You can sort of understand what people want. If I was trying to push people through the marketing funnel as a marketing specialist in general, I would want to know more about consumer psychology, especially Mm. if it's like, yeah, a brand where you're thinking about price, obviously product, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, But it's definitely, it's a more, it's more for a a larger marketing role rather than a very specialised social media role if that makes sense. So you want to know what's going to push them from to the funnel to the next funnel to the next funnel. Yeah. What? So in terms of your role, how yeah. does knowing consumer psychology or like what do you do for like the I know this is going to kind of work thing? Yeah, well, I mean, there's literally looking at consumer sentiment on the comments that they're reacting to, but then there's also like tracking like if our purpose is to get people to download the app, we're looking at how many people are we pushing from 
Kayla's social or Sweat social to the next stage to clicking the link in her bio, for example. Why are they doing that? What did we say at this point where there was a spike that helped them or spiked to them like, oh, yeah, this is what I want. Things like that you can think about. And how um, big and how big's Kayla's app? How big's her following? Uh, Instagram is 14.1 million. I think Facebook is 29 point something. It's around 50 million all up. Wow. Um, so, yeah, and that's like every time we post something, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of people seeing this. Like, yeah. And but the app? Can't give you the app numbers. Not my specialty, sorry. Okay. But it's in the millions as well. Yeah, there's a lot of people that use the app. Yeah, I don't know well. how many. Can't say. Literally can't say. Fair enough. As in I don't know. The $500 million <laughs> brand. Wasn't it like the, the fastest growing app for a period of time? I think they entered the market at the best time where there weren't many competitors. But then come to think like COVID, everyone's online right now. Everyone has an app. Everyone had to go. Um, Sorry, I got distracted. Everyone had to go, yeah, virtual. So, you know, what once was maybe a competitive advantage, people have caught up. So it's like, how do we do things differently now? And that's definitely something that those people think of. Got all these influences now, you know, like you said before, she's organic, she was a personal trainer and then she's gone into that. Whereas you got a lot of people that are, uh, you know, influences in other areas that might have good bodies and they're trying to make their own apps and yep. they're copying the structure of her app. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> yep. All about that's it. definitely a thing, but like that's what you do. That's what any oh, yeah. any other business out there has done. They've they've followed the competitor in a hope that they can win and beat them. Or I mean, why if you see that something's working, why wouldn't you? Hey, or just get a slice of the market? Exactly. Yeah. Which you know, a lot, a lot of the time you can't even play with the big players. Um, yeah, because I know Chris Hemsworth's got one that's center. pretty similar as well, but yep. more male focused. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's got female trainers too, but yeah, that's a great app as well. Very interesting app. Do you follow how? Um, what's some other uh, fitness people that you follow regularly for? I suppose inspiration or oh, whatever. This is so interesting because I follow people for different things, and I don't follow people because I necessarily agree with them, or maybe I really like them, but I don't like their content. Maybe I don't like them, but I love their content. Mm. So there's people like. Sarah's Day, for example, amazing. Crossfitter? Like, yeah. No. no. Um, she's like, she doesn't have any qualifications in personal training or I think she's an, not a nutritionist, but she has an ebook for food as well. But her lifestyle content, I love it. It's like you feel like you're with her. You understand what she's about. You understand who she is outside of the business world. Love her for that. Um, don't agree with some of the things, that, a lot of the things that she said recently. Um, and then. What has she said? What kind of things she said? Um, she just marketed. She just put out a campaign that was targeting. It was like the words was for the women, for the woman that can't stop over exercising, for the women that, um, you know, track every tiny bit of food. That it was just targeting someone that was like nutritionally unwell, and then serving them with her hardest program ever, all in one ad, and she just got slammed from it. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah it just wasn't positioned. Correctly. Because like you shouldn't be doing that. She just she was saying like if you're really insecure and you're in a really bad mental state, here's your solution. It's and it's not horrible. Bad taste. Yeah, in bad, bad taste. Yeah. yeah. yeah but bad. you know, like and that's another thing you gotta be really careful about you're is too like extreme. people I mean, no doubt Sarah's day meant well, but this is a new culture where if you stuff up, you're gonna get called out for it. And you've got to be prepared to be slammed. Whether that's right or wrong sometimes is a different conversation, but yeah, what do you think about that? 
Um, culture, essentially, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I think that it's really good that these people with a platform can be held accountable. But I think that these days sometimes that accountability goes way too far in a fact that you forget that a lot of the time these people actually did mean well um, and they've heard you but you don't need to keep going and pushing them down and down and down. Like intent is never or is it rarely uh, taken into account. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I mean it's interesting but I think influencers are now well aware that that's the space that they're playing in which probably means that they can't be as authentic and show up and say everything that they want to say. Some people aren't opinionated for that reason. Some people are because that's how they've gone their following. But, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a risk that you're either prepared to take or not. And if not that I'm an influencer, but I'm assuming. <laughs> oh, well, you're around it. That's your job. That's, yeah. that's your lifestyle. Yeah. And have you been there for someone that's been – cancelled and you have to like navigate that kind of drama of like oh there's been something happening the media's blowing up about it no i haven't okay well i mean you wouldn't probably in the australian tourism because i'd be very careful exactly very very careful process yeah yeah and then kayla obviously being bought out by a bigger business that would those checks and balances would probably and kayla's always stuck to what she knows so she's a personal trainer that's like this is pretty much the realm that she speaks about yeah um, because she knows that she can't get like, cri- like, um, criticized. Like, sorry for anything that. Yeah, she's qualified. She's yeah. completely qualified, and yeah, so very different, which is good. Don't have to worry too much about that. Steph Claire Smith. Yeah, amazing. Love her. Thank you. Um, the Kick app. Sorry to p- promote other apps, but so good. Really relatable. Very Australian market. Different, completely different ballgame to Kayla. Kayla's always speaking to a global audience. They're really connecting with the Australian culture and society in Australia, which definitely helps them, I think. Yeah, cool. Yeah. How about Chrissy Seller, Albanian? She? Uh, I don't English Albanian. Mm, I've definitely know. heard her. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably following her. More of a bodybuilding element to it. Yeah. Yeah. Not going for I, that. I follow guys and girls because I, I find that I, I can learn – a lot from different, even from women workouts, I can learn a lot. That can help me. Definitely. James Smith PT. Yep. <gasps> so funny. Mm. Hilarious. Says so many things that. Zach Perner is hilarious. I don't know who that is. Zach Perner, a bodybuilder in Melbourne, and he does, it just does hilarious content. Like he's really mm. ahead of the content game in terms of like m- mixing comedy. Like it will mix like Netflix. Kwame or like. He's similar different. to Kwame, but <gasps> Kwame, Kwame is, is Kwame is more like a cringe humor. Like he, that's what he says his thing. This guy is more like. It's just he just knows how to make fun of himself. He does like Harry Potter accents and stuff like that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll try, try that I'll with Kayla. I'll show you after. Yeah, it's a whole <laughs> different market, but it, you, there might be some content ways of him how he films and stuff because he has an expert that does it for him. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I love like I'm always getting inspiration. Like I'll if I'm like shit, I really want to make a TikTok video. Just consume TikTok, consume, consume, consume. You might find one person, one thing that's relevant to you, but. The, like the knowing the trends, knowing what's like happening, what the culture of TikTok is on my algorithm anyway is definitely helpful um, when coming up with content ideas. So what are some areas that you really want to expand your knowledge? In? Oh, gosh. I mean, I'd love to know more about the paid adver- advertising space. Um, that's definitely something that I hope to get more exposure to, hopefully in the next year. Um, and I, I've always loved brands, so I don't know, like, I don't even know what's next, next for me in terms of, you know, where I'll be in five years. 
I would love to work with some really big brands so at a brand level. Mind that you're like, yeah. That'd oh, be sick. I mean, it depends where you are. It really does. You could be anywhere. I could be anywhere. I mean, any big brand. You know, I think I feel like Nike are doing some really cool things at the moment. Yeah. Very inclusive. They're like always ahead of the game in that world. Um, and they always have amazing campaigns with amazing talent. They do collaborate a lot. Yeah. A lot on the pulse of like just culture. Yeah. They're very. Their stuff they've done in the UK is awesome. All of their stuff is well. Everything they touch really turns to gold. I can't really think of anything that they've done that's been mediocre. Like keep on scrolling. Can't think of it. So, yeah, who knows? I don't know. Um, there's a lot to learn and I think like the marketing world's always shifting. So, yeah, I'll just say yes to whatever comes up next if it inspires me or makes me feel passionate and see where that leads me. I didn't think I'd be in social media and here I am. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think let's wrap it up. Is there anything else you'd like to say? No. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Love Will. the setup. Thanks, guys. Uh, I just want to say that I don't know if you if you remember back to these days, but when you were working at the bakery in O'Connell, <laughs> I remember you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's 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 my first inter, uh, interaction with her. You were so shy. Oh, I was shy. As crap. You just wouldn't talk. No, I wouldn't talk. No. You'd always like m- yeah. regular, like every day, yeah. Make, yeah. maybe twice a day. Yeah. And he'd get <laughs> like, I even, oh my gosh, and be like, hi. Oh, can I just have pie or pacha? <laughs> and then run away. And I'm like, you're literally a regular. Like I see you like three times a day. Uh. And and then next thing you've got, you're part of the Adelaide set. Look, and I was like, how did that happen? You trained him well. <laughs> you we trained, trained him well. Because well. <laughs> I've uh, known him since I was there born. There was an animal. Oh, so you so would know. I've literally you trained would know. him well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You come in your basketball uniform? I remember. Yeah. yeah. I don't go to the bakery as much now, but. Yeah. Oh, neither. Yeah. I was there for a few Sorry, years. Sorry, guys. I'm holding it strong. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> he still has his pies and donuts. In yeah, I had a pie today. Yeah, oh, yeah. so good. Yeah. You can't beat him. Pure. <laughs> no, it was it was an amazing night. Like I learned a lot in terms of um um tourism. So it's really good for me to understand how you interact with your audience and things like that. Because I'm still learning in this field as well now. So it's good. Amazing. Enjoyed it. Thank I, you. I feel like a big hack is like find a brand that you want to be like. Yeah. And then just look at their comments. Yeah. Like a big one. Yeah. I feel like that's like such a takeaway of just like because obviously these are all large brands, so it's like, oh, you can't really do it with your own if you're small. But look at the large ones that you want to be like or you are like. And yeah. Yeah. Get inspiration. Find, find it. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I know, know what you're saying now. Yeah. Yeah. That's Get beautiful. exposure. Thank you. Thank you for your time. What a pleasure. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for, you know, answering my questions. Thanks for Appreciate asking me questions. It. That's all right. See you at Mount Lofty. Yeah, we'll have to organize that. I'm going to beat you up the hill. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Thanks for listening or watching to What's Your Voyage. Please leave us a review on whatever podcast service you're streaming us from. You know, interact with us on social media. And thank you very much for being on the voyage.